Hello again, Dwayne Brummett here with Allie Alvarico, SchoolOwnerTalk.com. Allie, good to be with you, sir. Good to be with you too, Dwayne. It's uh, awesome to, I know I usually say it's great to start the, the week off on a on a um, Monday, but we've been doing these podcasts on Wednesday. So it kind of feels like we've kind of switched things up a little, but you know what? Um, I like it for the, for the summer, you know, it changes things up a little bit and uh, it seems like we've been getting a great response with people being live on our calls. Oh yeah. You mean for the uh, actual uh, Facebook live broadcasts? Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, well, um, I just, uh, I I want to uh, throw this out here and we'll remind everybody at the end, but if there's a specific topic that you are looking for Allie and I to cover, uh, feel free to, um, you know, either email us, you can go to schoolintertalk.com and get our information there and email us. Um, or even just on the thread here, feel free to, uh, you know, make a comment and say, hey, what about this aspect of my business? And we'd be happy to, uh, you know, help you out with that. So, Allie, what is uh, today's topic? Well, well, today we want to talk about inspecting what we expect, right? And and doing that within systems. And, and the reason why I brought this up is that Sometimes we have systems within our school. And, and in fact, so many systems, right? You know, like if you think about it as a school owner, um, you know, we have things broken down. How do we track attendance? How do we track promotions? You know, how many classes do they need before they get ready for their next belt and they're eligible for a test on their next belt? Um, how do we track whether they've been coming to class, not coming to class, where you have these spikes and, and you know, peaks and valleys within their attendance to be able to track whether they're on target or not? I mean, I know you and I probably, I can tell you myself, I never would have thought that this was going to be this type of business, um, this type of school where um, I had to do anything but teach martial arts. When I used to do it, I trained with my teacher that I ended up teaching. And, and then all of a sudden I was a bookkeeper. I was a collection agent. Uh, you know, I was a counselor. I mean, the list goes on and on and on being a martial arts school owner. I, I believe it's much different than if other businesses because there's so many moving parts. And, and here's the thing. Um, things change throughout the years. I've spoken about this on one of our last calls where I had a kid when he started with me, he was three or four years old. His name was Tomcat, right? And then he became um, Tommy when he was a little older. And then as he got even older into the tween and teen years, he was Thomas and then Tom. Now he's in his 30s, late 30s to 40s, I would assume. And he's now officer. He's a police officer, officer, uh, officer Tom. You know, so he went through all, and I had to change hats as he matured. Like I couldn't be goofy with him anymore. I had to be serious. I couldn't be serious when he was too older and when he was a teenager because he would get, you know, he thought I was picking on him. So anyway, we have all these systems to track all these different things within our school. But when we have too many systems and we don't follow up on them or we can't follow up because we're inundated with systems, how do we keep ourselves on track? That's the big question of today's call. And um, you're great at that. I'm decent at it. I Listen, most of the mistakes I've made in life ended up being because I didn't dot the I's and cross the T's on every single thing. Um, my mom is big into astrological signs. She says I'm an Aquarian. I'm an, I'm an Aquarian. And, 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 you know, we're very uh, imaginative and creative, but we're, I'm not a, um, you know, a detail man. I'm an idea man. I, I like to 
come up with ideas and saying, hey, Dwayne, take this over and do it for me. Or, hey, whatever employee or staff member, take this and do it for me and make it work. Um, if I was a follow-up, follow-through kind of guy, I, I would be probably much better off nowadays than I than I was in the past because I might give someone a task. They drop the ball. I don't remember it for weeks, and, and then I come back, and I remember it and say, hey, did you do this? Oh, no, I forgot, or I had a question, and three weeks have gone by. So, um, you know, I'm learning to be better at that, and through my systems I have in place, I'm able to stay on top of it. And any thoughts? Well, I obviously, I totally agree with that. Um I, I'm not sure how you want to proceed with with this because this was really your topic and you wanted to to, to cover it. But I, let me let me uh, introduce maybe three things and then we can kind of branch off from there. Um, we all have different things that we're doing in our business, whether it is a quote unquote system where you know we are actually. Um, uh, you know, it's a documented system or if it's just, right. just a system that we do out of habit, um, there's, right. still, there's still systems. Um, when you get into creating your systems and doing those things, I think these um, these things are important. So the first one is uh, inspect what what's important. Right. And so um, when you are going to create these systems, that's great. Uh, but but the next level to creating systems is actually creating um, a checks and balance or or, or expecting what you what you uh, or inspecting what you expect. Right. But the first things that you need to do is is spend your time doing it on the things that are that are most important. Right. So what I well, um, your your tracking for your um, your students on whether they're coming into class or they're not showing up. So what we call in the industry are MIA calls, right? So uh, having a way to not only do it, meaning um, this is how we're going to do the MIA calls and this is when we're going to do it, but then being able to actually go, okay, how many MIA calls happened this week? Right. Um, th does that make sense? It totally does. I, I know that. And, and, and let, me, let me say this real quick. I apologize. I, I, I got a text and then I got a message on Slack from my program manager while we're, I got to turn this stuff off because I'm getting distracted. Yeah. And also it went a little fuzzy for a minute or two with you. So I don't know if you're texting on the phone and all the other stuff may have caused that, but, but yeah, so here, here's the thing. Um, most people who know me, know you and I know that we, you know, have our programs, school owner talk and next level school owner club, right? And, and so on. And then in a portion of what we have as a, as a program, we talk about the DNA, which is something that I came up with. And, and I tell the story and I'm not going to go over it again. If anyone wants to hear it, we could always maybe refer to an older call, but I designed the DNA like as if I said to myself, what is the, the genetic makeup of a body, a person's body? It's called their DNA. So what's the genetic makeup? What makes a school successful? So I wanted to put all of that together in, you know, in within the school nucleus so that school owners could follow it on a day-to-day -day basis. So I, I called it the DNA and I created this Excel spreadsheet. And um, basically, uh, you know, I lived the job for six months as a program manager, as a manager, and I sat back and took notes, intricate notes, and then I worked with one of my staff members and we put into this really cool Excel spreadsheet. Um, one of my clients said to me, hey, Ali, this is a, this is not like, you know, the DNA, the, it, the acronym, I think it is, or the, uh, you know, whatever the, the word is when you break down letters. 
um, it should be called the daily necessary activities. And I was like, wow, DNA, right? You know, so the people think the DNA is the D, you know, daily necessary activities. But the way I made it was because it's the makeup of the school. Right. And I put this together where every single day we do this on Monday, this on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, each week changes to some extent and stays the same. Um, that was what created me to be able to get at the end of the month, every box ticked. Right. Like I didn't go, oh, crap, I was supposed to send out birthday cards this month. Oh, oh, I was supposed to ask for updates, update upgrades and send out upgrade letters. Oh, I forgot to. And I have a lot of clients that I coach and they go, yeah, I didn't get around to that. And hey, listen, there's only 12 months in a year, right? You know, if you miss a month, you missed one month. If you can never get it back. So if you screw up and you don't do what you're supposed to do, there's no getting that back, right? So it's just like anything else. You have an opportunity. If you don't take that opportunity, you lose that opportunity, right? So that's why I created this DNA. And I have to be honest, there's still nothing in our industry today that's out there. Nowhere, no software, no coaching program that has this put together in this way where I could hand it to you. When you've seen it, Dwayne, I hand it to a school owner and say, follow this. And, and they become immediately more efficient, immediately more efficient. And they're able to get to everything. And there are a lot of systems in this school. I mean, sometimes I'm doing it and my head is spinning. I'm going like, wow, it's not easy if you're going to do it right and do it fully. It's not like I'm just ordering the the, the sandwich bread and the cheese and the meat and putting it on a sandwich, right? That's easy. Make sure there's inventory. But we're talking about multiple layers and layers and layers of things that need to be done. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I, I agree. But I think I go back to the point where, and, we, and you know, we can talk about everything that needs to be, you know, uh, systematized. Right. But, you know, the important thing I think is, number one is inspect what's important. Um, and then inspect to the other reason you want to inspect what's important is because you want to inspect them to create results. Um, you don't just uh, have systems and then track these things just to do that. You do that, you, you know, you, you, you inspect what's important, number one, but then, you know, in order to create better results. And right. so you're able to see, you know, and then, and then the other thing is you got to inspect like with employees. And again, this is where I'm kind of confused and where we want to go um, with the conversation, because when you are inspecting what you expect, let's say we're from an employee standpoint where you have somebody that's working that system that needs to be agreed upon. Those individuals need to make sure that they know um, that, you know, that they're being in, um, that they're expected to get these these uh, certain things done, and then they're you know you're going to be following up on that, and then there's going to be results that are going to be based upon that, um, and that's where we like we even talk about inside of the next level school owner club the the M two man management module where we talk about the right. fact that um, when you manage you need to manage upon the metrics not about right. uh, uh, not on the person meaning um, you know if I expect my program director to get uh, X number of what we call our sus suspect calls done in a month, uh, I should have a way to be able to then therefore track that those are actually getting done. Right. And then track from that how many of those suspect calls are in, in our book are becoming prospects. And yeah. then from those prospects becoming leads to first trials and those type of things. Yeah. And, um, and I will tell you that I just had a meeting with uh, my, my program director and our assistant program director. Um, my 
head instructor was on vacation. Otherwise, he would have been in the meeting. And we just yeah. got to ke- catch him up on what we talked about. But we are actually looking back or going back through the system. And because as it's being worked, we're seeing two things. One, uh, there, there, there's a few areas that are being lost. So we got to make sure that, that those aren't being lost. But two, we're actually transitioning from everything being on paper to actually using our Entreport system you know, uh, to do a lot of the heavy lifting for us. And so right. there's a learning curve for us to switch over with that. But what I was preaching to them, and I, I literally mean preaching, is that I we cannot move forward from the paper system that we have to automating these things without all of these uh, if, then, you know, and, and if, ands, or buts being covered. Right. Because there are certain metrics that I need in order to run the business. Right. And so I had to educate them on this is why the system is done this way because they've just been following the system. Right. But I really had to re-educate them on why the system is this way for the tracking purposes in order for me to have the dashboard of the business and understand what's going on. Um, but back to it, we need to inspect what's important. You need to then inspect so that you are able to create results, meaning seeing what the baseline is and then moving things up. Because really, when you're inspecting, you don't know uh, until you see trends. And that could be that could take months, even years um, to understand what the trend is, to know whether it's good or bad and then how to apply those things. But without first doing that, those those systems first and then tracking those systems and then not only tracking the systems, but inspecting to making sure that the, the systems are getting completed and that your employees are doing what they're supposed to do. So okay. again, I, and I apologize, I might be jumping around and it sounds- No, no, you actually, uh, you mentioned a few things. Number one, I, I think that it's important that we talk a little bit more about understanding trends, right? Um, number two, I, I like what you mentioned about, you know, is this, is it an owner thing or is it a staff thing, right? So we have a staffing and I'm writing this down um, like politicians do when they're debating on stage, right? Staff or owner thing. And now here's the thing. Um, I In my DNA, I have a, a simple list of tasks that the program manager or the employees will do or people will be delegated from, you know, the task, right? So it might be an instructor. He does and tracks attendance. He sends out two, four, six week call. I'm um, not two, four, six week calls. We miss you cards and we miss you calls and so on. Then the program manager might be in charge of upgrade letters and set up, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, on the DNA, it has all those tasks and we can assign a certain person the task. Now, here's the thing. Uh, and you and I spoke about this in, in a recent call, probably a few calls ago called the execution gap. Now I find that, and, and there's a thing I love it, a military term. There are two that I love. Number one is uh, the OODA loop, and I talk about it in class, O-O-D-A. It's called observe, orientate, decide, and act. Many people get stuck between the decision and action part. Sometimes some people get stuck before the decision portion. They're frozen in indecision. They don't know what to do. We call it in in the industry analysis paralysis, like they're always looking at things, right? The other trend I love, I heard a military man on some show the other day say this. He says, um, he says, on time is late, early is on time. Meaning like if you show up to your job at 12 and you start at 12, you're late because you have to get acclimated, get in your chair, get organized. So then by the time you get going, it's 12.15. He said, if you're on time, you're 15 minutes early. So you could sit down, you could get organized. And at 12, you're officially starting to produce and work, right? Um, 
the trends, though, it's interesting that you mentioned, and I, I'm, I'll jump onto that, is that you have to know what you're looking for. And you and I have another saying, oblivious ignorance. You don't know what you don't know. Um, if you don't know it, how can you, how can you recognize a trend? So let me quickly, and I'll give it back to you. I usually have people who'll say to me, um, you know, I'm not getting that many, or I only got 25 leads on my website in the last two months. And I said, okay, well, what'd you do with the leads? I gave them a call and no one called me back. So there's a gap. How many times did you call? Did you send them a letter? What did you do to follow up email, et cetera, et cetera? Because you could get a thousand leads and, and it still doesn't matter, right? If you're not doing the proper procedures for following up and following through. Now, what you said about trending, it may very well be true that 25 of those leads are bad leads because you're advertising in the wrong space, the wrong place, and you're bringing in leads that are just never going to work for you. So you have to track the trend and you have to know what to look at in order to figure out what's right or what's wrong. Quite often, though, most school owners don't do that. We use the shotgun approach. We shoot the shotgun. We hope that everyone gets uh, you know, calls us and we hope whatever sticks, sticks. And if that works, if we got 50 people to call, we signed up 10, let's get 100 to call and we'll sign up 20. But imagine if we knew how to watch our trends, analyze and tweak and do certain things to make it work better for us with less effort. Imagine how successful we'd be. Well, right? and, yeah. And everybody in the industry, you, I, um, everyone always uses these, this analogy. And, <laughs> You know, we when we step out on the floor and we teach our, our students to low block, the middle punch or whatever it is, the front kick, um, we have standards on how those are supposed to be done. And right. now we may not have a specific system with following up. I mean, we just look, OK, hey, show me Johnny the low block and I'll right. I'll test you now or, or whatever. But we but we're not that haphazard, even in the industry. Right. We, right. we, t we test our students every two months, every three months or whatever your system or, you know, whatever you devise, you know, uh, the standard is. And then, you know, um, you have maybe some even have like we have uh, you earn skill stripes. So when you are supposed to know at a certain time this X, Y, Z technique or series of techniques and we tell you, OK, on this date, we're going to stripe test you on this information. Right. Um, and you got to know it. If you don't know it, then you're not going to earn your stripe. You don't earn your stripe. You can't go. So what we're what we've done on the floor is what are we doing? We have expectations and, you know, and we inspect what we expect and we have a right. system to follow up with that. But what we don't do as school owners is we don't transfer that information into our the business end of it. The real reason why is because we are either great, you know, martial artists and good teachers or great teachers and OK martial artists. And, and our passion is out on that floor and it's not building the business. Right. And that's OK. There's nothing wrong with that. But you have to realize that your passion has to, you know, uh, has to move into growing the business to a certain point or you're going to have to hire somebody to do that. Right. Um, but even still, even if you have somebody that's doing that for you, you still have to inspect what you expect from them right. or they're going to take the business out from underneath you, yeah. um, you know, because they're running the business. 
Right. Well, remember, I mean, we've heard, and I, and I love reading books about rock stars and, you know, old, older musicians that were rock stars and even people like, like Mike Tyson and, and people like that, you know, reading their history coming up. Right. And most of these poor, unbelievably talented, it could be martial artists, right. They, um, they had the martial art talent. They were good fighters. They were talented teachers. They trusted someone else. And, um, and then that person stole from them. So Mike Tyson was broke because he was getting charged $5,000 a towel to have it in his locker room because he never checked the dots. And he's going like, well, you know, hey, I don't care. I just bought a $20 million home, but it could have been a $120 million home if he wasn't paying $5,000 a towel, you know, times whatever, you know, and same thing has gone for musicians where they get their paycheck, but they don't know where the rest of the money is going and they never check it because they're living and they're going, wow, I'm rich. I got a Ferrari. I got a Lamborghini. I mean, I just heard that Johnny Depp recently just lost. He has a, or he's going to, or he was, he almost did. He has a huge village in, that he bought in France and he actually owns the whole town. And um, he's, he lost money. His accountant ripped him off for like $200 million or something like that. And now he's like maybe in jeopardy of losing his, all his, his whole life savings and his town. Um, of course, he could just do one or two movies and make it right back up again. Um, we don't have that opportunity sometimes, but we have to, you have to do that. And I have to say, sometimes I'm tired. I don't know about you, Dwayne, but I don't know. Sometimes for the listeners out there, I'm tired of always checking up on an employee, making sure they're doing what they're supposed to do. Um, and I just don't like doing it. However, if I don't do it, who's going to do it? Well, that's true. Right? Yeah, that's true. So, you, you know, we have to shift, like you said, from being a school owner, uh, martial artist to being a business owner. And, um, you know, eventually being able to hopefully hire someone that's qualified that you could trust or move someone up into that position that you could trust. And let me tell you, though, um, I'm going to just tell you from example, and maybe the reasoning behind this comment that I'm going to make is going to come out in the next few months or so. I'll be able to talk more about it. But you're my one good friend always said to me, your very best student could quit on you tomorrow. He said the person you trusted the most could stab you in the back tomorrow. Not to live paranoid, but always check what you're doing so you don't fall into the category of going, hey, you know, uh, you know, this guy's my, and let him stand behind you. And all of a sudden you feel the choke coming around your neck. Cause sometimes people have ill intentions and you would never, ever, ever expect that to be the case. And you're going through life thinking like, wow, it's all great. You know, so always be a little paranoid. I think always be a little bit cautious um, and, and watch cause no one will spend your money easier than the people that don't own it. Right. The, you know, so, so systems to follow up and follow through. And then by the way, if you're a manager, like with my DNA, I always tell my school owners, I always say the DNA is for your staff, but you should have a separate DNA for yourself so that it says check on your staff on this or that or this or that or this or that. Um, and then so that you know what you need to follow up on so that you're able to not do the task, but just say, hey, how's that task going? Show me the results. Tell me what's going on. Um, Paul. Uh, he just commented, he was one of my clients, he's still my client, but he was one of my coaching clients for like probably four or five years. Um, and he had a person that he trusted. And and by the way, it's interesting. Uh, he's going to laugh because I always bring this up. He had a, the program that manager that he trusted, uh, they would always say, oh, that Ali Alberigo guy, he's a scam artist. Don't listen to him. Meanwhile, I was always checking the numbers and I bust his chops. He goes, Ali, you're never going to let go of that, are you? And I'm like, no, She that person ended up 
screwing him. And, you know, he found leads after leads in his draw that they never called, that they said were called, that there were just money that he was putting into advertising. that was just sitting there because they didn't want to do their job properly. And he trusted them. So, you know, sometimes you got to inspect it all. You got to be the one to go, let's see this. Let's sit down and do it. Yeah. What, do you, what are your thoughts? Well, I, I, I agree a, a little bit, I guess, with the paranoid part. Maybe I should be more paranoid. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, the other thing is, though, I, I guess I fall back on the fact that, again, we need to have systems, but those systems need to have a systematic way for us to be able to follow up on that do not um, that are not hard for us. Okay. Okay. I love that. Yeah, because if it's hard for us, we're not going to do it. And I don't mean hard with regards to the fact that it's manual labor. I just mean hard for the fact that it's it's rough for us or there's a lot of work involved for us to be able to do that. Well, so many, many legs. Right. I'm trying to clarify many legs. You know, the system is too intricate to get it done. Right. So sometimes if it's too much, too much going on, the system is over systemized, um, you know, like what the president is saying it now about regulations. We have so many different regulations. It almost stifles productivity. So maybe read looking at it. You don't need to have 40,000 checklists to go through if you have one that could, you know, cover most of them. Um, so anyway, I, I agree with you. So sometimes yeah, it think, is too difficult. Yeah. I think simplicity is the best, but that goes back to, again, thinking about, you know, in, um, inspect what's important. And I don't keep bringing this up, but inspect what's important Mm -hmm. and, and by the way, uh, what's important today may not be important five years from now. Um, and so you need to be flexible and, and willing to change. Now, some things are standard in our industry. Obviously, attendance is standard. Uh, your, your, you know, info call to the ratio of, um, you know, having people actually come in and do a trial and your signups and right. that, that those are never going to change. So you should you should have systems that are going to um, uh, be able to track those things. And then you should have a system for yourself that allows you to inspect that that is getting done and what the um, what the you know, what the numbers are, the, the percentages are. Um, and some of those things will be on a weekly basis. Some of those things will be on a monthly basis. Some of those things will be on a quarterly and then, uh, you know, uh, annual and then even biannual. Uh, but as you go through and you start to uh, flesh those systems out, you'll you'll understand what needs to happen. But all of those things that you're inspecting. You're doing it so that you can create some sort of results to be able to then go, oh, man, my info call to actually getting appointments. They're not good. Um, you know, I'm only getting out of all the people that are calling me, I'm only getting, you know, 50% of them to actually schedule an appointment right. to come in and do a trial. Well, there's a problem there. Um, right. and what is the problem? The problem is your phone system sucks or the person that's on it, it sucks. You know, they're, right. they're, well, they're ill trained well, or whatever. I could verify that Dwayne. I, I had a program manager a bunch of months ago. Um, and I've had many in the past that, you know, they were, they were ticking all the boxes, right? You know, yes, I made the calls. Yes. I, you know, the trial, you know, follow up. 
um, and the people were just not coming in. I realized now that it, it wasn't the system. It wasn't the people. It was the person in charge of it. So whether it been, had been lack of training from on my part or it was lack of the personality, right, that, that needs to be on that phone. It's not like, I, you know, I have a friend that he jokes around me, but he, he answers his phone, house of pain, you know, at his martial arts school, right? You know, that's his kind of thing, right? You know, they all look at his hardcore school, but, um, and the brand works well for him. But, uh, you know, if you have the wrong person making the phone call, you know, all basically there you go. That's like, um, you know, you, you get in a boat, the engine works, you load up the gas, you shoot out to sea, and then you realize that your navigation system is broken. And now you're lost at sea and you're just trying to figure your way out and you run out of gas. Now you're in a, in a blah, 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 right? And you're lost. So one little breakdown and it could be four steps down the road, like you had just said, if they're not good at making the follow-up call or good at getting them in, or maybe they are good at all that, but they're not good at signing them up. There's so many places and positions that we could make mistakes on. Um, and that's where we need to look at our trends, right? And then be able to tweak those trends. I, you know, most people in our industry that I coach will just say, well, I got 20 people in only five showed up. So immediately they go, maybe it was the lead where it came from, but maybe it was the way you presented the sale, or maybe it was the way, you know, whatever you got to learn and follow the steps so that you know what to tweak and how to tweak it. Right. Absolutely. And so, you know, even, um, again, I'm going to fall back to the fact that we inspect what we expect on the floor because we want to have good black belts. Right. We need to take that same concept and put that into our uh, our front end. Um, you know, and I don't know where everybody's at. I don't know what, you know, what people need help with. Um, but I would just say, hey, start with one system, create that system. Um, and, you know, the most important system you feel that you need uh, at the time. And everybody's going to be in a different situation than somebody else. You know, maybe you already have a phone sequence. And so, um, you know, maybe, but you really don't have a, a, a good um, uh, sales sequence, you know, and so you need to come up with that sales sequence. Right. And, and, and so I really believe in, in analyzing your own business and then and then from that deciding what you need, the what you need at that point and then immersing yourself with that information. I call it just in time learning. Right. right. So. So whatever I need at that time, I'm going to go immerse myself. I might be three months into a certain topic to immerse myself into that topic so that then I can, you know, I'm, I'm not a, a certified expert, but I have more knowledge in that area because I, I, I read the 10 books and I did the, the three courses and yeah. all that other stuff and then decided, okay, this is how I want this to operate. Yeah. Um, and, and, and to be honest with you, 80% of a, 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 an effective system is better than not having anything at all, in my opinion, um, yeah. and then building it from there. Yeah, I think though, too, uh, I, and you and I both agreed to this too, like, and you said this before, you're kind of, you know, you're the guru at, at automation and the automation that you put in place basically simplifies your life because, um, you know, the computer system, the software, whatever the steps are that you set up, there's no way as long as they're working and Entreport is a great program for that, that it will step its way through the system and you don't have to, right? You know that if, you know, people 
uh, plug into whatever program it's going to, and you have nine steps, it's going to every, whatever weeks you allot or time frame, it'll step them through the nine steps before it's over. However, here's the dilemma um, with what I find with automation is a lot of times people don't really see it. So we're assuming they're getting all nine steps, all nine emails or nine, nine pieces of information, um, and uh, they may not be listening. So you, I know, are smart. You'll put in a place where they have to tick a box, watch a video, do whatever, so that you know that they're engaged in it, right? And that's that's important. Um, I would love to, uh, you know, hear more about how you do that because it would simplify my life as well. And then it takes away um, pieces of the puzzle. For example, Tesla, the electric car, is a different machine than a motorized engine that runs on gas. Um, it's got less moving parts. It's got less things to repair and maintain because it's electric. It doesn't need oil. It doesn't need this. It doesn't need that. So the car becomes a lot more simplified. So it's almost like, you know, the engine is a little bit different than, you know, the 100,000 parts that goes into a regular engine. Um, we have to look at our engine within our school and try to say, well, what could we simplify so that our job, there's less things for us to miss. And there's also um, less steps for our, our employees to go through so they could do better at what they're doing. Does that, does that sound legitimate? Well, it, it totally does. And I, and I put this quote up by um, W. Clement Stone that says, don't expect what you don't inspect. Right. Okay. And, and again, it goes back to what I talked about on the floor. You know, you, you, I can't expect my uh, students to be doing X, Y, and Z if I don't inspect it. And right. I can't therefore also expect that my employees are going to get A, B, and C done if I don't inspect it. Right. I would love to say, and we, we have a trusting industry, right? We really do. You know, we, we, we're in the industry that we have developed these relationships with our students who have become our, uh, that become our uh, employees and what have you. Right. And so inside of that is important. That trust should be there. But, uh, but again, if we manage people on personalities as opposed to metrics, right? Um, we're, we're making a big mistake. Not only are we making a big mistake for our school, but we're also actually doing that individual a disservice because you will then give uh, leniency to individuals that you like more Right. You have, you know, you probably have students that you like more. You have employees that you click with more or whatever. You will right. give le leniency to them a lot more when they make a mistake or they don't follow through than you will with somebody that you don't have that rapport with or as much rapport with. Right. But if you are if you are measuring everybody upon the metrics and therefore then it has nothing to do with personality. And, and that's what we're doing out on the floor is we're measuring the metrics. Hey, black has to look like this. I understand some people have, you know, if you have a, a kid with autism, um, their balance might be a little bit different than the kid that doesn't have it. But the technique still needs to be there, right? right. Uh, otherwise, it's not passable. Well, right. the same, so, so I'm not going to, my, you know, my, uh, my, the way that I feel about that kid that has some sort of, um, I don't want to even call it a disability, but, right. but, but has that situation because everybody has situations is in that situation. I might be more lenient if I based it upon their situation. 
that's what we can't do. We have to base it upon the metrics. Right. Same thing inside of our, our, our office. Um, we have to base it upon the metrics. Right. Smart entrepreneurs are going to base their marketing upon the metrics. Right. right? You're not going to, I mean, we're not so stupid that we keep going out and spending $1,000 every single month. And, and, and hopefully you're not, and not tracking to see what's coming in. And then from what's coming in to then therefore, uh, you know, what, uh, uh, you know, how many people are actually signing up. That's yeah. stupid. That's stupidity. Yeah. And, and I need to keep on paying that. And it goes back to what you said, people paying the, 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 the oh, I get 25 leads and they're not signing up and right. you know, I'm paying this much money. And well, don't expect it if you're not going to inspect it. Right, right. And you know what, too, you know, what you just said is important. Like, for example, we've renovated a lot of our things that we do and don't do renovated or analyzed and said, you know, do I, for example, I, I got another call from this fair that we've done over the last few years. We go there. It's very cheap to go there. There's 5,000 people there. Um, it's for a specific group of company that they have all their employees and it's a celebration and they make money off the boots. And I've been like, wow, there's thousands of people. I could go there. It just turns out that none of them are, are signing up. So we're getting names. We call them. They don't want to show up even after they filled out the raffle. Um, it turns out the majority of them are not from my area. So I can't expect them to drive four towns over over, you know, 10 miles. So, uh, you know, you have to look at that and go, okay, it's a great opportunity to get the word out there. And if I want to waste a day and that's a good place to waste it. Right. But, um, it's not turning for years. We've done it and we've done it right. And we followed up and it just doesn't turn into clientele. So this year I said, we're going to pass on it. It did. It's not working for me. And, uh, we have to look at that. And by the way, I have a client that, uh, he's, he's a very avid listener on our calls. Um, and, uh, he gets a lot of leads on his website, except a lot of the leads that he gets are from far away from his area. Now, I don't know why he's getting these leads. I don't know why these people call up and, and they set up appointments and then they find out that he's so far away they don't come in. So even when he asked them, do you know that we're here? Okay, great. Yeah. And then they don't show up and then they use the reason that they're too far away. Um, but uh, it, it's interesting to me. So we have to tweak his Google AdWords, which we have. We have to make sure that when he calls up, he says, are you sure you know where we're located? And he makes sure that they're going to you know, understand that because without it, it, he's just wasting his time. He's there waiting for them to show up and they don't show up. And we're, we haven't tweaked our methodology. And I'm working with him on that more and more so that he becomes more efficient with what he's doing. He's not wasting his time and spinning his wheels, so to speak. Right. And that, you know, uh, that, that, uh, that comes from tracking the information and knowing, knowing your numbers and, and then, right. you know, inspecting, uh, inspecting that. So, boy, you know, there's a, there's a lot to, um, you know, inspecting what you, what you expect. I don't know. I, I kind of feel again, I, I, and maybe I'm wrong and maybe the listeners can tell us this on the live uh, feed, um, you know, if we've covered this topic, you know, effectively for you, um, because there's so many avenues that we could go down, you know, just from, like I said about, you know, inside the school and uh, 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 next level school or club with the M2 management module, that's like yeah. a, a whole hour training session that talks about the fact that. So, so Dwayne, tell, tell me before you stop and not to sell the next level. No, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. But tell me, tell, tell the listeners 
a little bit about how that next level school owner club works, where they would get this module and how it's a training system. Like, for example, what's different than if they join one of these other coaching programs and paid, you know, the same similar amount or or more. And uh, now they get thrown in for me. Like, what, what, do you, what do we have in that system where these people who are listening now might say, hey, maybe I'll join and try that program out because it has something tangible that takes me and trains me and gives me all the info so that I could basically, um, you know, basically learn from this and benefit from joining this program rather than just having more information. Yeah. And that's what you don't want. Um, but, uh, well, let me, you don't, we are so busy. We don't have time to just get information for information's sake. And so, um, you know, what's unique about the next level school owner club monthly reports one month we're talking about marketing specifically and then the next month we're talking about uh, business building and systems but then on top of that you have every month there is a, a webinar or a video lesson or what have you on um, different topics uh, that are in there you know uh, one is uh, 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 Facebook advertising uh, yeah. another one is YouTube um, another one is uh, even and this is a, a great one is Facebook retargeting, you know, and how to yeah. retarget uh, those type of things. So, but then so even, go ahead. So what you're saying is like, I, I can actually go, it's almost like joining your martial arts school and you'll teach me all the steps it takes to get my belt, whatever it is. Right. If I train, you'll teach me. So you're in this program, you're giving out a complete learning system where they could not just get a theory and have to figure out it on their own. They're going to actually get trained and I, I'm playing, you know, playing, playing dumb here because I know exactly what it is. But, but I'm. This is why we started this program so that people, school owners, don't have to spend, you know, years trying to figure out the wheel, reinvent the wheel. We're going to give it to them all in one nice complete package and say use it. So this this system that we're giving away for free or including it in our very inexpensive monthly program, they could basically plug it in and go like, holy mackerel, this is, and it'll help them immediately, right? Absolutely. And I, I look at the martial arts industry, um, you know, or, or the martial arts business as a, some, this is an oxymoron, but it's a simplistically complicated business. I love that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's simple, but it's complicated at the same time. Um, and, and we don't have time to get into what, what maybe we should, uh, maybe that's our next call. Right. But, but uh, it is, it's simple but it's also complicated right. it's complicated in, 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 in the fact that if you really want to be successful. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, that's what I always say. Like there have been coaches out there and I, and I've argued with a few of them, you know, one, one of them um, uh, was a, a guy that I really like and him and I got into this big debate on uh, online, which was posted and, and people loved it. And it was, you know, I'm a traditional school owner. And I, I said, listen, he, he said, the martial art industry is not rocket science. It's easy. You just teach martial arts and, and you do it right. You make money. And I find that to be a total sham. I believe that there's so many moving parts within a martial arts school, so many daily opportunities for us to either be the hero or the zero. Like, you know, people will love me today. I taught their kid. They won in a tournament. They got their belt tomorrow. They failed the test or they got hit in the mouth by accident. I'm a bad guy. So it could, you know, you could be today. You're the hero tomorrow. You're the zero. It happens with some of my staff. You know, they love me until they hate me, you know, and then all of a sudden I'm, you know, they, they, 
look at me differently. I always am perplexed by that. You know, I, I had ups and downs with my teacher. I never, ever hated him, though. I always loved him. I was annoyed at him. I thought he, you know, he, he annoyed me a lot of times. But you know what? I, after I look back, a lot of them were great lessons and he did it for a reason. Um, so, so this is what school owners, they have to, they have to dig in and learn how to run their business. And I, and I feel bad for them because there's so much information out there, so much stuff being pushed, pushed across the table that um, most of the time it's very difficult for them to decipher even what they need within their school. Because one guy will say you don't need anything. The other guy says you need everything. So um, we try to kind of take the guesswork out and simplify that process. And we try to train people um, very systematically and easily so that they could become better. And again, I'm not trying to sell the program. This is what systemization is, though. You need to find a system that's easy to understand, easy to implement and easy to operate or else you're going to never do it. Yeah. And, you know, uh, not that anybody's asking this question, but uh, maybe, we, you know, when you're looking for guidance, I think the number one thing is you need to find somebody. If you're looking for a mentor, you need to find somebody that you click with, somebody that has right. the same uh, outlook and values and, and those type of things that you yeah. want. Not that you can't learn from other people, but, um, you know, that has the same outlook and values that you have. And then just digest what they've got. Uh, learn as much as you can from them. Right. And, you know, they maybe they'll always be your mentor, but maybe you're not in their coaching program anymore. Um, so I, I think we've exhausted this conversation. Let me, let me add to this. We, we had a staff meeting at my house. Uh, the other, actually, we had a staff party where we went out to one of those escape rooms. I don't know if you have them in your area where you have to figure out. It was cool. It's called The Prey. Um, and for those people in my area, it was in Massapequa Park. So go there. And we get walked down a hall and it's dark and these guys have masks on and they're banging things and yelling at you. Then they blindfold you and walk you into a room. They separate you and handcuff you to the wall to, by your ankle. And, and of course, you could get out if you ever wanted to you know, bailout, but you're supposed to follow the rules. Um, and then after the staff meeting, we came back to my house and had a little party. But one of the, one of the guys who was there, the husband of one of the, one of the uh, instructors in our school, a, a kickboxer, he said to me, he said, Oh, uh, you know, um, I, I was, we were talking about him being an electrician. And he said, you know, my dad was a master electrician, but I learned all I could from my dad. And then I found another mentor. And I said, just the one thing though I urge you to remember, and I said, sometimes when you feel that you've gotten to a certain level and you learned all those moves um, and, and then you move on to a new mentor, make sure that you really truly know all those moves properly before you move on. Because sometimes we're always in search of knowledge and the next best step and the next person who could take us. When sometimes, like especially in martial arts, I tell my students, I have some parents, one of my kids learning their next black belt techniques. I'm gonna, they, well, they got a, they are black belt, yes, but they got to master everything that they've learned too. So don't always be in search of the newest, fanciest, bestest, you know, I know that's not a word, best move. Um, sometimes look for self-perfection from within, become the master business owner. That's why I'm able to identify, I look at businesses and you and we go, this is what's wrong. Quickly, boom, we analyze it and we come up with it. So um, it's important for us to be able to, you know, to understand that, yeah, we need mentors, but sometimes don't leave your mentor prematurely because you think you got it. That's just one added tip. Yeah, and that's it, it, it. You know, whether it's uh, on the floor, your actual martial arts uh, instructor, mentor, whatever, or right. business, business or business mentors. Yeah. So let me recap real quick. Um, everybody, we need to, as as uh, martial arts school owners, we need to also be business entrepreneurs, and we need to inspect what we expect. 
And, you know, just like the quote that I said from W. Clement Stone is don't expect what you don't inspect. I, th I think if you really muse, uh, the word of the day, muse, yeah. if, you, if you muse about that quote and spend some time sitting and thinking about your business, I, I'm telling you, the, the, the more and more I'm in that my business, uh, I, I, I really think the more and more sitting down with a pen and a piece of paper is the, 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 the best use of my time. Right. I, re I really, really do, because um, coming up with those ideas and those strategies and then, you know, deciding what's important right. out of those inspecting. And I go back to what I said, inspect what's important and then inspect to create results. Mm. Uh, and then um, with your with your own people, you need to inspect that which is agreed upon, meaning your employees, you inspect what you told them. Right. That, that that it has to be. And mm -hmm. you, you already do that with your uh, students. You inspect what is agreed upon with right. them, whether whether they actually agree with it or not. That's what the standards are. The low block is done this way. So you inspect what's agreed upon. Right. Um, so I think if you take those three concepts and you take a pen and a piece of paper and start thinking about your business. And I'll tell you, um, I don't do it anymore, uh, but I did do it early on is uh, I would actually take like a two day retreat and I would sit down and I would plan the year uh, events and everything like that. And I would really just think about my business. I don't have to do that now. I, like I don't have to get away now because I actually have more thinking time because I have a staff right. uh, that, that I have a little bit more quiet time to be able to do that. But I would actually schedule time to actually think about and write things out about my business. And so um, I want to leave you with that. Real quickly, um, if you want to visit schoolundertalk.com, there are some uh, webinars that are up there. And then, Allie, we got to do a webinar. So yes. maybe maybe what we do is we ask for topics from everybody. So if you would, uh, either email us. You can go to schoolundertalk.com uh, under the Contact Us tab and uh, just send us what you know, you'd like us to do a webinar on, and uh, we'll do a, a webinar for you. Yeah, awesome. Okay, I, I mean, I love that. Let's definitely do that. I think that's a great thing for us to share with people because they, they're telling us what they're in need of. So that's awesome. Yep. All right, guys. Thank you very much. Allie, thanks for your time, sir. All right, Jane. Talk to you soon. Everybody take care. Have a great day. Arigato. Sayonara.